When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to Knocking Doors Down, brought to you by KDD Media Company. They used to call me the two beer queer because I would drink two beers and like absolutely black out. And then I would like go be making out with a girl in the corner. Like, <laughs> so that was like where I got that nickname. Yeah. Um, unbeknownst to everybody, the reason why I was blacking out after two beers was because I was also stealing like medication from <laughs> my parents. <laughs> but like, you know, um, it was never like really that big of a challenge. Inside the 5150 Studios, this is Knocking Doors Down, a podcast speaking with celebrities, experts, and everyday people about the adversities they've overcome, including addiction, mental health issues, traumas, and more. Your host, Jason, here. And uh, hey, I've suffered from alcoholism, some childhood trauma, sexual abuse. My co-host over there, Uncle Mikey. What is going on, people? Well, yeah, he's had some shit as well. Yeah, what are you going to do? And our guest, Rivka Reyes. Miss Rivka, good talk. Yeah, awesome lady, actress. You might know her as Katie from uh, School of Rock. She was the bass player, you know, turn around its side. Cello. Cello, you have a bass. <laughs> she's really cool, of course, uh, in recovery for multiple things. She's uh, really a character about it, though, has a very good sense of humor about herself. Definitely going to get a lot out of the conversation so we really appreciate her and uh yeah check it out and of course uh, next week an exciting guest for you guys we've got kat von d next week kat von d so we sit down talk with her about uh, her addiction recovery as well as her move with her husband uh, rafael reyes or uh lafar sayer if you are a fan of prayers that's his uh, stage name uh, about their move to indiana motherhood and so much more so definitely one you want to check out next week as well yeah, definitely checking out. And, you know, back to Rivka, it's funny because that's the first time I've ever gotten a somewhat negative review on being a cancer. <laughs> she was like, I was like, every person that I've ever told that I was a cancer to, they're like, oh, right on. She, you know, mimic the crying thing. But you'll 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 find out. You'll hear it. And we thank you guys for listening to the Knocking Doors Down podcast. Again, available on Spotify, Apple Podcast app. You can leave us a five-star rating and review there. We would definitely appreciate it. Google Podcast, iHeart, and of course by going to kddpodcast.com. That also has the link to the YouTube channel. And hey, help us out. Share with the friend. That's how we continue to grow. Share our stuff on social media, whatever it is. And of course, all those links in the podcast description. And, of course, we can't do Knocking Doors Down without 5150 LTM swagging us out wherever we go. So if you see our social media posts on our YouTube channel where we have the full videos, you can see that we are wearing 5150 LTM gear. Isn't there a promo code? There is, Mikey. It's pretty simple. Use KDD20. What? KDD20, that's KDD20 at checkout when you go to 5150LTM.com. Sick. The Knockin' Doors Down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug Free campaign. So what's that all about? 
Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. This episode of Knocking Doors Down is brought to you by Recovery in the Middle Ages, a podcast about two middle-aged suburban dads in their pursuit of life, love, and recovery. These guys are hilarious and informative, and they're brought together by their common struggle. Mike and Nat get to know each other's addiction story on air and realize they have more in common than they thought. Find Recovery in the Middle Ages on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, and MiddleAgesRecovery.com. That's MiddleAgesRecovery.com. Take the label off of us. Oh, don't worry about it. Okay. We're, we're now not it's already now I'm fucking crazy and because it's it's already started to peel. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. All the neuroses are coming out. Uh, take it off because yeah, they don't sponsor us. Hi, they I'm don't Chris, sponsor and I'm psycho. <laughs> they don't pay us. Take it off. Take that label. That That's why I was like so pouring the water to the side. I'm like, I'm not giving core water any love. <laughs> Ah, Miss Ribka, how are you? I am so good. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for thanks coming. Thanks for coming. Of course, yeah. it's a pleasure. Yeah, you're uh, you're good for me because uh, here I am feeling guilty because we had technical issues and talking with folks before you show up. You're like, dude, people pleaser. It's chill. It's all right. And I'm like, okay. Well, I say that as a people pleaser myself. I, I was, um, you know, it's that thing of like, if you spot it, you got it. Uh, How many times did we apologize before we started? Um, at about? least like 72, <laughs> like approximately between so 72 sorry. and like 94. Yeah, right. Gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so we're going to go all over the place with this stuff because you're just a, a blast. But um we were talking a little bit beforehand because, like, I'm a, I'm the, um, I've had friends try to kind of talk with me, but like, I'm a pronoun idiot. Like, I'm <laughs> trying to understand. Like, I, I don't do it. Like, in, I'm not ignorant in being a dick. I'm ignorant, and I just don't understand. And I don't even get English. Yeah. But for you, what, what is it like? What is it personally like you with? Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm Rivka Reyes. I use they and she pronouns interchangeably. Um, like. You know how, like, people call boats and cars, like, a she? Sure. Like, oh, yeah, she's a Honda 69. Um, <laughs> don't know why it was 69. I had to say it. Um, uh, that is, like, how I feel, like, the she applies to me. Um, like, I'm, like, a cool, like, sexy boat or a car. Um, and then they, I feel like, just is, like, um, a combination of me and, like, this carnation and then also all my past lives. Ooh! Like, <laughs> um, but then everybody else, like who is non-binary, um, which is, you know, they're, again, it's like, I am just one person, this is just my experience. Um, I, there are people who are non-binary who are like, I don't identify as a male or a female, I don't identify as a man or a woman, I'm kind of just like in between. Um, I very much identify as a woman, but I also identify as kind of like a gender fluid, like gender magical um, sea urchin. Uh, or like a or like a fairy or a witch, and um, you know I don't think that um, 
it has to have a label necessarily, but then there are other days where I'm like, I've got like dude energy today and that's sick. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, but the pronoun piece of it all is, is just like, it, it is personal preference. It's also mandatory for some people. Like some people are staunchly like, I use they, them, and they, them only. They're also neo-pronouns like em or fe-fem. I've, I've met people who use pronouns that I've never even heard. And I'm like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> like, and of course, like the, you know, uh, control freak in me is like, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to fuck it up. And then I'm going to have to make amends. And like, um, that sucks. And I'm going to look bad. But ultimately, like the thing that I think a lot of people across the board, um, at least in my like circle of queer and like non-binary and trans folk friends, um, is just like, if you mess up someone's pronouns, like instead of apologizing, um, just like, let yourself be corrected and thank the person mm. um, because when we apologize um, for fucking up somebody's pronouns, it makes it about us when it's actually not. Right. Okay. And I think that's some yeah. of the thing that maybe that that you know, like me, I don't, I don't have any friends or loved ones that that you know that is you know, hey, this is how I'm addressed. So like, and not understanding, and then that's the kind of for me, I am one of those people, people pleaser, as we were joking about before we started rolling. That it's like, ah, oh, I just don't want to fuck it up because I think a lot of people have the perception that it's like, wait, I fuck it up, I gotta own it, and it's on my yeah. end. So you're saying no, it's kind of like. No, they get it. They, you know, it's they're more yeah, understanding than what's time. presented. And it's and I think you know something that uh, helped me early on because before I um, made the switch, uh, <laughs> and I met, I was starting to meet a lot of people that use they them pronouns, singular they uh, pronouns. I was just like, okay, like I'm gonna have to practice that, and it's just practice. It's mm -hmm. like the same thing as you know, learning a new song on the guitar. It's gonna feel like clunky and weird for you know a couple of tries, but then when you just Remind yourself, oh, Phoenix uh, drives a car that they just got, um, you know, from their mom. And just <laughs> putting those pronouns in the sentence and replacing the binary pronouns of like he or she um, with the singular they and just running it kind of like you're running lines or, or you know, memorizing a speech um, and, and just practicing it. Um, and when I get corrected, which is often, because I, I am not perfect. Um, that's why I'm always like, this is just my experience. Don't, nothing I say is, uh, you know, valid or good. Because um, <laughs> that's where I go, is like the deep, like, self-hatred and... Uh, self-deprecation. Um, but, like... Just reminding myself that I am going to fuck up, like, <laughs> is, is... And it gives me that, like, kind of peace and ease mindset of like okay like i'm not gonna be perfect all the time i'm gonna slip up like you know demi lovato recently came out as non-binary and they go by they them pronouns now and i fuck it up all the time just because i grew up with them on my tv using different pronouns and living in a different identity sure. um and i just go back and correct myself rather than being like eh, i'm a piece of shit yeah right, right why do you default to that defect you're so fucking cool i know right yeah it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like what? I think it's just because people who were socialized as women, like, just, especially, I'm Asian, I'm half Filipino, and, like, we are, you know, seen by the white gays, the white male gays, as, like, these, like, submissive and, like, domestic, uh, you know, very, like, you know, just, like, staying out of trouble and, like, you know, uh, apologizing for existing and and I I guess I kind of just internalized that and took it to an extreme mm -hmm. um, 
and I catch myself doing it and then sometimes I'll I'll be in the middle of like talking shit about myself like when I finished like a project and be like I hope that was okay and I'll be like no I did a great fucking job <laughs> I'm actually amazing yeah. <laughs> do you and, have to like work on that daily like I it, yeah. it, it's it's been a weird as you know yeah, I work on it. I like say nice things to myself. Like I'm starting yeah. to finally get comfortable. Like, nah, you're you know you're a good dude. I don't sit there and you know I'm not yet like you and Brad Pitt are on the same hand. You know, it's not that kind. I mean, but you like, you did say that you get compared a lot to Ben Affleck when I walked in. Well, he you meant said Jay I look, Baruchel. That's who he meant. I do not look like <laughs> Jay Baruchel. Am I not? He had a baby. Right? I'm not saying Can I to get be a Paul dick. Rudd? You do look yeah, like. No, I mean Paul Rudd too, even. No, I'm serious. It's like Paul Rudd. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> Let's not forget Jay Baruchel. Ben Affleck, yes, we but Jay Baruchel. Jay Baruchel is cute. I love Jay Baruchel. All right, thanks for giving it a little like validity there. Boys that look soft. <laughs> you big softy. The, yeah. Whereas out of the two of us, I'm much more the quote-unquote rugged guy. But well, I was gonna say that. Who, who said Mikey, that? Well, out of the two of us, which one of us would actually go and like hunt or anything? I'm saying I do more dudely. That's shit. not because I'm, I'm like, not able to do it. Dude. It's because a sympathy for animals. But I would hunt the shit out of you if we were in a hunting oh. contest. So afraid, so afraid. Is it like okay. you're, each other you're hunting each other and it's like a manhunt situation? Or? Either or. Oh, okay. I would win both. <laughs> that would be a totally different kind of scenario. Hey, we're on a. If we were hunting each other, if we were hunting animals, which is something I would never do. That's why I'm a vegetarian. Um, I would. I would win. I would win. I absolutely <laughs> would win. I'm so glad you know that. <laughs> there's That's like the true like. There's not a doubt in my mind. Like, Everybody that knows this is laughing. Hunting match. Is it a match? <laughs> you would have to be out in the woods and get dirty. And... If it were a competition, then I would I would be able to get dirty. Yeah. <laughs> if I knew there were competition. <laughs> Oh, we're gonna bust Wait, hang on. Rifka, hang on a second. Let's talk about this. I'm just kidding. Uh, All right, back to. Go ahead. Jason, um, take it away. Yeah, of course. Back to it. Um, thank you for the compliments. I appreciate it very much. Um, I value your Thanks opinion. For saying I'm more rugged. Yeah, but, we were talking about like working on that negative stuff. Yeah, so. Which is another addiction in itself. I think that I. Yeah, because of the way I was brought up, because of the way that media. Um, you know, visualizes women have to be, um, and I'm I'm very tall, like for a girl, and like five nine. But you are tall. When I, I met you, I was like, wow, I, I didn't. Big shoes yeah. too, so I'm like a, you know, I, I tend to tower over people of all genders, which is tight. But like I, you know, internalized the the shame of being like the tallest girl in my class, and kind of started to shrink myself. And then mm. like when I physically shrink myself. I also, something spiritually and emotionally happens too where I'm like emotionally shrinking myself and then spiritually shrinking myself. Um, so now like I do this practice where I like stand as tall as I can in the mirror. Sometimes I'll like put my arms up. I don't know if y'all watch Ted Lasso, but Hell Rebecca, yeah, like the- favorite show. Yeah, the boss Ted lady. Lasso. She's like got that like power pose where she does like a big lion face. Yeah. And then Nathan has his thing where he spits in the mirror like that. Like whatever that thing is for you, it actually really, really helps. Like, you know, doing whatever your power pose is, like whether it is like standing up as tall as you can or like, or just like looking yourself. Sometimes I'll look in my, <laughs> look in the mirror. Like the other day I was spiraling, absolutely spiralina about something. I look in the mirror and I'm like, you are Rivka fucking mm -hmm. Reyes. Like you're a bad bitch. 
and you're a warrior and you're a siren and you're the underworld queen and like you're fucking killing it like why are you acting like this why are you letting this girl like you know like get in your head like you you're you're Rivka like and like and then I like gave myself like a hearty slap in the cheek and and I went about my day and then I went and did like 400 squats and I felt better immensely yeah. better I'm gonna try that yeah not That's Rivka fun. obviously but you're Mikey yeah. You are Mikey. I've never done that. I've never like like how you say you do the I'm positive trying. self-talk. I'm trying. I haven't done that. Mirror I'm work is crazy. Doing like, it, but I will try, yeah. There's something very magical that happens when you look at yourself in the mirror because you start to see like the self beyond the like lowercase s self, which is like the ego and all that shit, the fear, all the, you know, the toxic traits. And you start to see like all that is good in you slash all that is God in you. Mm-hmm, like right. and, and you're just like, oh actually I am like chiseled from like Venus herself. Like <laughs> I am like of the moon and the stars. Like and that's sick. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. And I think if there's any, you know, people because I I try to think about life in a very intellectual way and for people to wrap around it's like we literally are, us three sitting here, you know, it's like there's been great people in history, but they're never gonna have, for all they've accomplished, never gonna have and had this opportunity to sit. Like we're the only people ever that will be in this scenario right now. Here we are while we're talking. And if you'd asked me using, you know, four or five years ago, I'd be like, you're fucking full of shit. So it's like sitting here being in a present moment, my thoughts and my feelings like, if people don't understand what you're talking about, that's what it is. It's like, I'm the only me that's ever existed. These fingerprints, th- these eyes, the way we, it's proven, even the way we hear and our brain takes everything, we are the only motherfuckers ever that did it this. And yeah. it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that and, and, and simultaneously, myself. we've never had a single unique experience, <laughs> not once. Like every, like yes, this very specific moment, it's just us three mm-hmm. and like whatever souls and spirits are in this room. Uh, but like, we've also never had a single unique experience. Like I'm, I'm big on TikTok, like no big deal, brag, brag. Um, but like, <laughs> I, I, I'm big into TikTok too. And I'm scrolling on the page and I'm like, there'll be like a very specific, very niche TikTok about something that directly happened to me when I was a kid. And I was just like, I thought I was literally the only kid that had that experience growing up. And now I'm seeing this video with a million likes, meaning a million people relate to that. Yeah. And it's just like the epitome of like, I'm not alone and yeah. I never have been. Yeah. And I love that it took a stupid kids app to, you know, but it's not a stupid kids app. It's like actually like fun. And I've learned more on TikTok than I learned in college, <laughs> mainly because I was like blacked out for most of college. But, you know, yeah, uh, hey. I, I attended college for like a week. Nice. Know, it, was, it was cool. Yeah, I did I four years. I, I didn't graduate, but I did go for four years. And then I kind of just was like, I'm done. More coming up with Ripka Reyes. We jump into School of Rock, some of her uh, favorite memories from that, what cast members she stays in touch with, also those fun random questions. 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road. That road you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. 
That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. So listen up. There's a special deal for listeners of Knocking Doors Down. Go to 5150LTM.com and enter code KDD20 and receive 20% off your purchase. That's 51FIFTYLTM.com. Recovery in the Middle Ages, a podcast about two middle-aged suburban dads and their pursuit of life, love, and recovery. Host Mike and Nat brought together by their common struggle of addiction. They get to know each other's addiction story on air and realize they have more in common than they thought. They discuss current topics of interest to the recovery community, including 12-step, alt-recovery, the newest medical research, and with honesty, humility, and a lot of humor, talk about their daily struggle to maintain their recovery and anonymity in the world of soccer moms and PTA meetings. If the neighbors only knew. Find Recovery in the Middle Ages on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, and MiddleAgesRecovery.com. That's MiddleAgesRecovery.com, a proud sponsor of the Knocking Doors Down podcast. Yeah. I went long enough to be a doctor, and I'm clearly not. Yeah, it took me like seven years. You were a doctor? No, I said I went long enough to be a doctor. Oh. No, I went to school for film and television. Hell so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A doctor of film and TV. Doctor, Dr. Lachance. Ain't no yes. fucking way. Oh, that's Could've, actually a dope doctor name. It is. I, well, I play one in real life. Mm. Uh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you said something really interesting. Uh, you know, your ethnic background. So it makes me curious, like, was your mom Filipino, dad? Yeah, my So did your Filipino. mom, was it very much that, was she very much that cultural kind of, of Filipino woman? Yeah, like, like I mean, the, the thing is, is that my mom's side of the family, they moved here when my mom was real little, and, like, you know, they, um, they, like, whiteified. They, like, kind of, sure. or whatever the word, assimilated. Like, they, they moved to a Chicago suburb and were... A, Addicted and obsessed with like fitting in with the like white folks that they were around and like it was you know there's just years and years and generations of indigenous culture that is just erased and I mean the Philippines in general is like heavily colonized by Spain by China like and there's just so so much like deep-rooted trauma from all of the colonization and you know the erasure of all of that like rich indigenous culture the ritual the food of it all and you know i didn't really grow up like filipino where Mm. now it's like i I, last night i was like with two of my my closest friends who are both filipino they're both 100 percent filipino and they're you know saying certain words in tagalog and i'm like wait what does that mean and they're like oh it means this and they're not like you know apologize or like they're not like um annoyed or anything like that because i genuinely just like want to know more about it. I didn't grow up speaking Tagalog. I didn't grow up really hearing Tagalog either. Um, just certain like little words that are very common that are like kind of thrown around. But like there, there was a lot of just cultural erasure that now it's like in, I'm nearing 30 uh, and <laughs> like learning. I'm three, it ain't so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I actually like can't wait to be 30. Um, but now I'm just learning a lot from not even people in my family, just like my friends who are also Filipino and just being like, so like, what does that mean? Or like, you know, in, in the, are there specific like 
rituals and and things that like I can do to like manifest more wealth or um, more love in my life that come from our bloodlines like mm, sure and and that's like unfortunately not gonna come from my mom's side of the family like I'm not gonna get it from them um, with the exception of a few aunties and, and uncles um, you, you know that that are still like heavily um, enveloped in it because it, it is awesome to be Filipino um, but yeah, I, I, and then my dad is Jewish, and, and similarly, it's like a very just like, he's, he's not like religious, he's right. not like really culturally Jewish. Like, I was um, earlier in this year counting the Omer, which is like this ancient, ancient ritual where um, after Passover, between Passover and Shavuot, like you, you give a daily offering for 49 days to God, Hashem, Spirit, whatever your word for that is and you know it can be like simple as like putting a pebble on your you know dinner table in a bowl for 49 days or like for me what I ended up doing was just like writing two lines of poetry a day that by the end of it I had a like you know 40 I had 49 little couplets about spirituality yeah. um but my dad was just like, that's, that's really fucking Jewish, Rib. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't, I've never heard of that. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like, so I, I think that like a big part of my spiritual journey has been just getting more um, cozy with the ancestry and, you know, learning, first of all, of course, like a lot of my neuroses and my mental illness stuff comes from the ancestors, mm. obviously, I think sure. for all of us, like, you know, and, and, um, but then it's also just about like learning more about my blood, like yeah. my, my ancestry and, and also all of the joy that they had in these spiritual routines and stuff. And like, I try to, you know, learn a new thing about it, like, you know, every week or so and just incorporate little tidbits of it into my, my daily rituals. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's really fascinating because I was life presented the opportunity. So on my mom's side, full-blooded Portuguese from Pico in the Azores. And when my grandpa, I think he was the firstborn here, or my great-grandmother was pregnant with my grandpa when they got here. And then it was that, you know, like my grandpa did not teach any of my mom or her siblings Portuguese at all. And so ironically, then later, you know, fast forward, got kids, you know, live where Mikey and I live. And one of my best friends now and his wife, from Pico, and after my divorce from my kid's mom, we lived with them for six, seven months mm -hmm. until I could find a house. And so we were like totally in it, and they would just, we'd be around, and they would just be speaking Portuguese, and I was eventually able to go there two years, uh, you know, it was like 15 years ago as well. But like to see it, because I was always so fascinated, like, I, you know, I want to understand more about, mm -hmm. I think we're kind of similar, like, I want to understand myself, like there's so yeah. much cool shit with life, but it's like, I want to understand me most of yeah. all because I drive myself not, nuts. Yeah, you know? and sometimes it's like for me, it's something like, well, I want to know about me. <laughs> like, but like coming from like a selfish place, but also it's like in finding myself, I find spirit, and in finding spirit, I find myself. Like, and it's kind of just this like, you know, constant seeking. Um, I don't think I'll ever like find God, um, but I definitely have evidence. Like, sure. and I, I have like. A growing list of like times that there was evidence that there is some presence like or presences that are 
protecting me, holding me, keeping me alive. Miracle that I'm alive. Like absolute fucking miracle. Like considering like, you know, many suicide attempts, you know, several like near overdoses, never like, you know, anything that, you know, put me out for a while. I had alcohol poisoning a couple of times, but like, there's no reason I should be alive, but I very much am. And that's so dope. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like you're talking about with the TikTok content you find is there's going to be people that are out there that find your content. Exactly. Because you really openly, you know, we follow you on social media and I I believe I personally do in addition to the podcast and they, you know, and it's cool, even though it's maybe not my experience to see you sharing your experience, you Mm -hmm. know, like your journey. It's pretty, like, it's cool. And it, and give, you know, if there's ever days you don't give yourself, give yourself credit. Like, that's so fucking brave to put it out. I, this is where I put it out. You know, I don't really put it out. It's a good outlet. I mean, this is sick. I I love this so much. And yeah, I was just talking to one of my my aunties yesterday um, on my dad's side about just like how mental illness in like, you know, even in 2006 was like, you know, if if it was if there was any sign of mental illness anywhere, um, that was like a doc to your credit score. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's still the same because I don't know jack shit about credit, but like. (laughs) You know, I just know that mine is like not great, um, <laughs> but like I'm working on mine. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. You get sober, you fix your teeth, and then you work on your credit. That is kind of the trajectory. Um, you get a plant, and then you get a dog, and then you get a girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> that's at least what you know. I hope happens. Um, um, but yeah, like and and the the stigma around mental health, specifically for men. Like I I feel like like women have always just been seen as mentally ill, which is like. A, Okay. Um, it's shitty uh, in itself. It's so shitty. It's fucked. But like you know, for for some men in my family, like there was like bipolar and addiction and stuff, and like it was all like very hush hush because it was to protect the business. It was to protect the family from losing the house or losing the car or the business or whatever. And I just think that's so fucking sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm glad that now it's becoming more normal for. People, millions of people on the internet to be like, I am bipolar, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and and like living in it, and like rather than it being this big hush hush secret that like is in the news. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like anxiety for me. I didn't know what it was. I thought I was dying when I first, you know, had a panic attack, and I don't know um, why, but I was going through my little episode or whatever, and I just, I laid flat on the ground. I didn't lay on the couch, I didn't lay on the bed or whatever, I just laid flat on the ground. I got the cold sweat, and then all of a sudden the sweat was just normal, and it was just kind of like I was like going out, like I was coming out of it. I'm like, okay, I'm good now, that was weird. I don't know what, I don't know what that was. And it turns out my, I have a couple family members who had been on Valium their entire life, on one side of the family, and then another family member, Xanax, their entire life. And I'm just like, okay, so, I inherited a lot from the Mexican side of the family and because we're all very lovey-dovey and anxiety ridden or riddled with anxiety and all that shit. So I didn't know what was going on, but you know, you talk to the dad side of the family, I'll suck it up. You're fine. You know, but they, they say it with love. I was and am very loved by my parents, love them to death, wouldn't change it for the world, but he didn't get it. My mom got it. So she was like, honey, you have anxiety. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, well, do I, how do I fix it? How do I make it go away? And it sucks because you can't. It's manageable, it's not treat, or it's not curable. 
But touching back on what you were saying on how it's more, everyone's open about it now. Like, I love it. I'm a huge football fan. I hate the Cowboys, but Dak Prescott is huge in mental health. And I love that. You have a huge platform, so speak on it. So I love how people are like coming out about it. Like, I am depressed. I have anxiety because it's okay. But there are ways to help you cope with that depression and anxiety. And I I love that. Well, and I think we're developing hopefully a... Especially long rant. No, (laughs) dude, I know. Well, and it's tough. Yeah, you didn't look at me, but it got me a little emotional because I've seen my friend when he has these, and it like it 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 breaks. Yeah, it breaks my heart. It's like I know when he's had a tough day and he goes home, but I, but I have a lot of hope because I see more emotional maturity coming for people, and and like you said with men, because it was like. You know, I didn't know my dad suffered for so long with all the things that he did. And I know that, that my mom did the best she could for us to, you know, my brother and I, and I, and I can't imagine like what they went through, but it wasn't a generation that talked about it and talked it openly. And now that we are like before where I was saying, we, you know, I talk with my kids. They are fully aware that dad struggles with depression and anxiety and uh, alcoholism and you know these things and I think it brings that maturity to the next level the thing they encourage me is that you know like I'm a big Dwayne The Rock Johnson fan when he said I suffered from depression and here he is like I love pro wrestling he's sitting there and I I, talking about where he's at the top of this world of this thing I've I've got this guy 10 of this guy's t-shirts and he's wrestling all of my my favorite wrestlers and he's not feeling like he's worthy and it's like Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, for a lot of people, it's like for for me, definitely. I don't want to speak on behalf of anybody, especially not The Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, who God. doesn't love The Rock? I love him he, so I, much. I do too. I he love was that. my first um, like male celebrity crush. Like all my crushes when I was a kid were on girls, but like I, I had this like big crush on The Rock. I think it was just like the theatricality of it all and right. the eyebrow. Um, but anyway, just to, to, like, on my own experience, like, I get more anxious and more depressed and more, like, trigger warning, suicidal, like, around success than failure. Like, failure, I'm like, well, that's fine, I'll just do something else, but, like, success, I'm like, what am I gonna do with all this, and what if I fuck up again? And I was, like, talking to a friend this morning about that, like, I just am so desperately terrified of being canceled on the internet, um, that I kind of hang back and I, like, don't really, um do that thing again of like I I don't really like make a lot of noise and I used to be very very vocal about like you know certain causes and like well not even certain causes like every cause that I was seeing other people posting about I would just like reshare and repost about and like this is fucking terrible and now I've kind of like chilled out and I know the causes that I you know stand for and I do my best to like you know uh, without virtue signaling or whatever like you know, spotlight and amplify the voices of the people that need to be heard. But I was just like, I feel like I'm like not doing enough. And my friend was just like, like sometimes a lot of that work comes from observing, like, and then putting forth small actions. And, you know, the small actions are adding up over time. It's just that because I love instant gratification and I love big and I love showmanship, and presentation, um, I'm just like, I don't think people are seeing me do enough. And they're like, uh, no, you're doing a lot, Riv. They're, you're doing yeah. a lot. It's just like the way that I see myself and that I, I see my presence online. I'm like, am I doing enough? I don't think I'm doing any, anything at all. But it's just like, no, like, <laughs> you're fine. 
Um, but that's just like all, uh, it all just boils down to like, it doesn't fucking matter like what other people think of me. Um, and if I can just reprogram and, you know, continue to work on the things that I know need a little bit of like fine tuning and like WD-40, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> like I, I can, I'm so gay. I just like reference WD-40. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> okay, Home Depot. Um, but like, you know, just just fine-tuning those little crevices, like in those micro uh, areas of life that just need a little bit of like a, a tuning up, like, you know, that, that work does pay off. And also it doesn't fucking matter who sees it. It's like, yeah. as long as it's like making you feel good yeah. and not hurting anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Listening to you talk, it's funny. I was kind of referencing something with my my kids last night and I brought up Hamlet and they're like okay you know not their words I didn't say dad what the fuck what the fuck are you talking about but I was like oh it's my favorite Shakespeare play because really at the end you have the scholar and the soldier that's what's left mm -hmm. and I took it uh, uh, you know and I'm sure other people too and I know it's been discussed but very much that at the end of life we got kind of I see life and living it does have a very much of an art to it there is an art to the rewarding side of it. I, I'm like, I'm, a, I'm analytical of it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the soldier as if, you know, at the end, what we've got is the things that we believe in and the things that we fight for, you know? And mm -hmm. it was like, I think my, my kids, it's kind of a little, whatever, dad, you know, peace yeah. out. But it's kind of, you know. I never looked at Hamlet that way. Yeah. It's not, I always just think it's a play about an insane guy who sees a ghost. <laughs> right? Well, I always think it's the Lion King, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. I never thought the Lion King yeah, is Yeah, it's like a common knowledge thing that, like, yeah. the, the plot of Lion King is based on Hamlet. Yeah. So I, but I, I haven't seen it. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> it's Shakespeare, brother. Gotcha. Right on. As you were. <laughs> but I, but I, I, I too, I get kind of analytical with those things as well. I get very much, uh, you know, I think you were in the room where you were joking with some other people who were talking, like, where it's like, no, I want this thing. It needs to have 100,000 downloads first day and everybody, it's got to change. All. And it's like, okay, I know that this gentleman and I, we go into the tent with everything to bring value to people's lives. And I just have to remember that, that our hard work... You know, A, it's given my life value. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it's given Mikey's yeah, life a lot sure. of value. Plus, you have kids, too, so you're kind of, like, uh, setting an example for another generation, which my generation uh, is, like, intensely codependent. We over-apologize for everything. We, like, want to be there for all of our friends because we feel like we have to. And then we don't do any work on ourselves. And that's why there's, like, a kind of insurgence of, is that a word? Um, yeah. A surgeons, an insurgence of like youngish people, like mid twenties, you know, early twenties. Even I'm seeing a lot of like newcomers that are like 22, and I'm like, how? Uh, <laughs> like I don't even. But like people around my age coming into like recovery and like learning about like the attachment styles and all of that, right. um, and working on rewiring the brain because of the generation that came before us being so cold and distant and like, you know, doing that, keeping people at arm's length so we don't like truly let anybody in and let anybody know us. Like my family's got just a lot of secrets that like I probably could have benefited from knowing when I was like in high school and college, starting to go through the addiction and the, all the mental illness and the, you know, psych wards and all of that stuff. Um, but it, it can't change the past. I found out about it when I was like, you know, about to get sober. And like, 
I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense, like, why our family is this way. But at the same time, like, I harbored resentments for a long time against my, my parents for keeping, you know, um, the mental illness stuff kind of like a hush-hush, like, nobody talks about it thing. And it's like, we can't talk about it because it, like, could get us in trouble and people would, like, look at us different. Where now I have to talk about it because I felt so much pain, like, I was the only person going through that shit. And then when I started seeing representation of it in media and also just like getting to know other people with mental illness, addiction, all of that, I was just like, oh, this is so nice, like to, to not feel alone all the time. Like, and I, I want everyone to feel that way. Mm-hmm. But if, like you said, it's like, it's not going to reach a hundred million people every time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, some of the TikToks, they do be going viral, but like, at the same time, like, I know I, I say this little, like, prayer every time I'm about to post something where I'm just like, everybody who is meant to see this will see this. Send. And, yeah, sometimes it's, like, absolutely viral. Sometimes it's only, like, 700 people that see it. But, you know, still, that's 700 people who might feel less alone. Yeah, yeah for sure. Even if it was that one necessary of the 700. Yeah, right? true. And, Amen. And it's kind of the cool part of, Sometimes technology is such a hindrance, and like we, you were joking before that uh, social media addiction, and uh, I know our m- mutual friend Brianne Davis, who was who was on and talked to you know sex and love addiction, and she's just awesome. But you know those different kind of little defects and defaults, but but it's kind of again that one potential for connectivity that we don't even know that we get, and we kind of forget that when we walk around in this world. And I try to practice a lot more, you know common sense, common courtesy, kind of still from a former guest. And, and, you know, I noticed that I just perceive life and everything differently mm-hmm. with my attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone has a different view of life. Um, I, I was recently, I recently heard this metaphor that like my brain is like a piece of wood that got wet and like is never going to go back to normal. Like, and that's fine. It's just like having to remind myself of that because I have this like well-oiled forgetter where I'm like, I forget that I'm not a normal thinker um, and that's totally fine. But I get so sad sometimes because I'm like, oh, like when people, um, I went on a date the other day and this this woman was like, uh, yeah, I've been celibate for like a year because I was like getting into these toxic patterns and I kind of just was like, I need a break. And the pandemic was the perfect time for that. I was just yeah. like, that's crazy that you didn't need to like um, like ruin all of your friendships and like relapse a couple times and like go to rehab about it like and and you know spend a couple weeks in the psych ward to figure that out for yourself. And I was just like I'm a little jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some people are just like kind of normal. <laughs> it's well, like okay. <laughs> I don't know that it's normal or abnormal or what I you know it's um, you know you talked a lot of. I don't remember if it was when we were recording or not, but I believe it was when, you know, that cultural traumas and things like that, that shit is so, so real. Mm -hmm. It's so real. It's so, like Mikey was saying, you know, certain side of his family having it or certain side of my family, this thing or that thing. And and I'm sure if I had the ability to dig dig back further, I know that I have a lot of Native American blood in me. And there is no odd coincidence of how much alcoholism runs in our family and if you trace back you know to it and when you know Europeans brought alcohol here and the Native Americans didn't have that addiction wasn't a thing that existed to them you know stuff was ceremonial as opposed and then you know it's almost like the Europeans did that on purpose (laughs) 
Yeah. Sorry, it drives me fucking insane. Yeah. Oh, God, I could, like, literally, the all of, yeah. The, it, it, again, like, a lot of this is coming from TikTok and social media, like, my education on all of this, on colonialism, on, you know, the uh, erasure of indigenous culture and stuff, and on, like, the deliberate, like, fuckery that, like, white Europeans, like, brought to the indigenous, uh, you know, uh, uh, America, like, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and it's just, yeah, it all, it's all just like, of course. Um, but that, that's the cool thing. I think that now that people aren't being quiet about it anymore, that it can be worked on and we can work towards like amplifying those voices and, and telling the stories that need to be heard and letting sure. the people who like have the lived experience, like, tell the stories rather than them like coming out of history books which they're always like they favor the white european side of things which is fucked but yeah i i think i think it's like we're in a we're in a fucked up time but like a beautiful time that yeah. like all of these these truths are being revealed and like astrologically uh, like it, <laughs> it all makes sense for like everything that's going on and like, you know certain planets coming out of retrograde and certain signs being in certain planets and houses and shit um but yeah so you dig yeah. the astrology i'm very into it what are you a fucking virgo i'm a leo you're a leo when's your birthday august 6th i'm august 18th i'm a leo as well oh, what are you it. i'm a cancer oh I'm just kidding. What the hell does that mean? You have to tell me because I don't know anything about this stuff. I'm a bitch. Um, no. Um, no, Cancers Apparently are known as the crybabies of the Zodiac, but I will say Aries are kind of like the bigger crybabies. It's just that they they get swept to the side because they're so angry. Um, but Cancer, it's the crab. So you've got this like hard shell, tattoos, you scumbag, like all that shit. Like, it's a but scumbag. Then it's, she did. Yeah. Yeah. She was going to call You know, you've got the hard exterior, but the soft, squishy center that you're trying to protect um, uh, from the world. What else? Is there more? There's a lot. I'm curious. There's a lot. He's the sweetest guy. I, I think yeah, well, cancers are so sweet. That's the thing is like that, um, and, and of course there's no bad sign. Like I always joke, I'm like, I will never date a Capricorn. That's just because my dad's a Capricorn. But there's yeah. like signs that like say you, they don't say you can't, but it's not a good idea for this sign to date that sign or this sign will clash with this sign. So yeah. just don't. Yeah, right? but like there's there's also so much more than just the, the sign that corresponds with your birthday. There's the rising and the moon and the Jupiter and all of those other like tertiary planets. It's really the Venus and the Mars, which is the planet of love and, and pleasure and then the planet of like sex and aggression. Um, uh, that the compatibility uh -huh. shows up in. And then there's the houses, and then there's the degrees and shit. I don't know, like, I have no fucking expert in astrology. I know what I know because I'm gay, but, like, <laughs> literally, like, there's, there's just infinite information that you can get from your chart because it's always transiting. Like, right. the world is always turning around your chart, and the, the planets are, you know, revolving around your chart. And so, like, yeah, when people are like, Ugh, I don't know, you should stay away from her, she's a Scorpio. I'm like, yeah, but, like, she's also, like, a Gemini moon and, like, a, you know. Funny how. <laughs> I'm June 23rd, actually, so it's on the cusp of a Gemini and Cancer. I'm right there. But 
Sorry to cut you off. Out of everybody that has asked me that I've gone on on dates with and all that, and they ask me, the ones that do, and I tell them I'm a cancer, it's never been a bad thing. No, it's like, never Aw. a bad thing. And yeah. I'm just like, what? Well, I'm going to get up and, I'm <laughs> going to fuck cry. off now. Am I a cry? I'm not a crier. I don't no, cry. No, you, no, you're a sweet. Like, I Cancers are sweet. They're very domestic. They are linked to the moon. Um, so it's like the emotions are very like present. Um, cancers are water signs. Leos are fire signs. Very different um, energy, very different in like um, like love languages and yeah. things like that. Like for me, I'm a Leo, I'm very aggressive and like, um, but I'm also like so nice. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I just like love my fucking friends and I love with my whole chest, heart, pussy, everything. Like I'm just like literally like, I, I love so much that it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm a Leo who used to do coke, so it's just like, I snort people. Like, I. I, I, I who used to do coke? Like, fuck, you get it. A, first off, like, I, the, the people in my life that are most into astrology are straight women, too, by the way. So, just so it's not just like my, my queer friends or anything else or gay or whatever. Um, but I could, like you said, like, I snort people. Yeah, I snort, like, I snort like anything. Total. I snort the gym. I snort, you know, Instagram. I snort, you know, Erewhon. Uh, the Erewhon, if you're not in LA, is like the worst grocery store ever, but it's also like everyone's super hot and like everything's <laughs> like $90. <laughs> it's <laughs> insane. Like, it's like, would you like a bottle of olive oil that at like Vons would be like five, but it's it's 16 here. Um, yes, I would. <laughs> it's like, absolutely. If, you know, if uh, freaking Mila Kunis shops here, then absolutely I do want that. I'm trying to think um, of when I snort now. Football, I guess. Jordan's. Yeah. Jordan. Oh my God. Hello. Hello. Absolutely. The day I don't wear Jordan's. Okay, I'm wearing Vans Jordans, today. Come on. Uh, I snort Vans, too. I love Vans. I snort Vans. Vans. Yeah, I'm a shoe snorter for sure. Yeah. Um, like cluttering, hoarding, all of that shit. Everybody like, else can. Let's all do it, too. Okay. Boom. There's mine. Bam. Yeah. Dude, yeah, that's a good question. Like, I would. What do I it's funny. He'll bust my balls, like, cause I, and I don't remember. I did steal it from something where it's like, ah, you stayed your. Oh, I know. It's uh, it's, so I married an axe murderer. The dad is like, oh, you stayed your two hours or whatever. So I'll bust his balls, like, at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, he leaves, but I. I'm like, I'm going home. My work day is up. I'm over. Yeah, but him, I think for you, it's like, you're like you're really good. Like, I'm not the best. Like. Like by my time, like oh my god, the kids aren't with me tonight. Uh, I'm gonna text, or that's when I come up with ideas and probably mm -hmm. annoy the shitter, like out of him, or he doesn't respond when it's like an idea or whatever it is. We're work because we we do that a lot, and it's like okay, is Mikey all right? Is he okay? <laughs> oh my like, god, I always default to yeah. like they're dead. Yeah. And he'll, oh gosh, I was gonna say, do you do that? No, no I do. <laughs> now I'm gonna make it a point like I gotta respond quick. Like no, if no, no, goes, no, don't, don't do that. Go. That's no, just my neuroses. Don't, don't, don't give in to the anxiety of it. But no, he'll throw. Oh, hey man, I was taking a nap or something or whatever. You I'm know, a napper. Like, He's good Love at naps. Yeah. Very cancer. Yeah. Is it? We talked about it. Uh, Everyone likes naps. That's the other thing. It's like with astrology, like you could literally just say, "Oh my god, that's so cancer." Where it's like a <laughs> completely human thing. You just that's so Leo cancer. of you to say that's so cancer. <laughs> we say you're such a Leo because there's a coworker of ours 
where something happened. I don't remember what happened, but she was like, what are you? And Jason's like, I'm a Leo. She goes, oh, Leos tend to make things about themselves. <laughs> That's blah. true. That's and very true. So I'll be like, dude, I don't know what happened. Like, my finger hurts. Yeah, there was one time where I was a kid. My finger got hurt. And Mott was like, you're such a Leo, bro. Yeah, but, okay. We're talking about my finger right now. But yeah. And I'm working on that. But uh, like I was explaining to him, <laughs> when, when I do that, tell me if you're not the same way. I do it because I do it as an uh, effort of connectivity. That, yeah. You know, like, like, oh. I just don't want him to feel alone about his yeah. Yes, yes. Leaders, I exactly. I don't do it because I need. <laughs> You're just like, I need to be more important, or let's do. It. Yeah. It's, it's like to some people it could alone. come off that way. I know that's it not could. your intention because yeah. I know where your heart's at. Mm -hmm. But I, I understand that. But I'm just like, but, but we're talking about my finger. I that. This is how this whole and then you get thing kind of like up. butt hurt and sensitive about not it. No, but yeah, because I'm a cancer. Yeah. But it's just like so. My finger's not as important as your fucking finger. He does have a healthy ego. My <laughs> it's, it's are so important you guys' friendship is like goals. It's so cute. Aw, <laughs> yay! Uh, I love uh, that. Yeah. Fucker. So uh, <laughs> what was the struggle? Uh, struggle if you're, you're comfortable talking about when you decide to come out? Because it sounds like you knew from a pretty early age. Oh, you were I mis re Referencing being attracted to to women, you know, celebrities or whatever. Yeah. Um, I came out when I was like 16 as bi uh, because I didn't have. Well, I didn't know um, mm -hmm. that I was not. Um, sure. But I mean, I guess technically I am still kind of bi because I like, I'm attracted to masculinity and I'm attracted to femininity. So mm -hmm. it's like, that's just like a loose term for like, you like more than one gender. Right. Um, but I came out as bi when I was six. I mean, I knew I was gay when I had sex with a girl for the first time. Because <laughs> like, right. I was like 15, 14. And like, you know, I, I think I came out as bi just because gay had such like a you know people were still saying oh that's so gay dude like and then yeah. that hillary duff commercial came out where she comes out of the like dressing room and she's like you shouldn't say that <laughs> and like saved <laughs> the gays um, changed the world ended homophobia as well as a dare program did addiction right <laughs> right um but i came out as bisexual because it's like first of all like when you're 16 and anything with the word sex in it is kind of like oh like so i was just like i'm bisexual and like yeah. people were like whoa that's crazy she's bisexual <laughs> um george and, she's hot because she likes dudes huh? and chicks man literally and it's just like of course like there's a lot of like rampant um fetish fetishization of bi people like from both men and women and yeah. you know I, I used to get proposition for threesomes a lot like by straight couples and I'm just like Ugh, no thank you <laughs> I do not want that but like you know um, the coming out process hasn't been hard because I grew up in Chicago in a very gay neighborhood like mm. and my dad uh, my parents are really you know they're they're very liberal they're very open-minded about some things um, and, and, you know, gayness is one of the things that they're very open-minded about. My dad's, like, got several drag queen friends, and, you know, he, he, he parties in boys down, like, you know, and I'm, like, in my mind, I'm, like, is my dad gay? No, <laughs> um, but, no, he, he's, like, always, you know, been super loving and, and um, compassionate about that with me and my, you know, siblings, because um, I've got two other siblings who are queer, so it's, like, mm. it, you know, we're a very uh, queer family. Um, Lots of cousins that are queer too on my mom's side, um, but 
yeah, it, I really don't think I had, and this is a privilege, like I didn't have too much trouble coming out. Now it's just like every once in a while I'll get like a gross DM from a guy being like, I want to see you fuck a girl. And I'm like, go, go away. Like I'll just like literally delete those things. And then I'll have ones that are homophobic every once in a while. Like, you know, ones that are like, oh, my childhood crush is a fucking dyke. And it's just like, yeah, and like... Yeah. I didn't realize that my existence was for you to continue to have your childhood crush. Like, what the fuck? So anyway, like, but yeah, ultimately, I didn't really have too much trouble with it. And, you know, I, I was I had the, another privilege is that I, you know, was pretty well liked in high school just because I was like usually the like fun, entertaining person who would like pass out like <laughs> the party yeah. um, and I was just like crazy party girl vibes and like the the wacky like improv comedy you know musical theater kid um, and I also was in like everyone's favorite movie you know yeah. so so I it still plays yeah. in my house I mean I hella I was hella bullied but like at the same time like I, I didn't when I came out it wasn't a shock first of all because sure. they used to call me the two beer queer because I would drink two beers and like absolutely blackout and then I would like go be making out with a girl in the corner like <laughs> and so that was like where I got that nickname yeah. um unbeknownst to everybody the reason why I was blacking out after two beers was because I was also stealing like medication from <laughs> my parents <laughs> but like you know um it was never like really that big of a challenge but in the um summer of 2020 I came out as non-binary um you know and and that's like you know on the the it's under the umbrella of transness. I don't identify as trans, like, per se, but as a non-binary person, I do not live in a cis experience, even though people see me and they're like, oh, that's a lady. Yeah. Um, see, some I days I'm like... I don't understand what cis is. Cis is that your gender aligns with the, the gender that you were assigned at birth. Oh, so, okay. like, if I've... Yeah, so, like... Assigned female at birth, assigned male at birth. Like, if you guys are both like, I identify as a man, like, and I was assigned that gender at birth, like, that's cis. Um, for gotcha. me, like, the word female always grossed me out. I never liked it. And I, I do identify as a woman, but, like, female is, like, disgusting to me for, I, I do not know what reason. Probably do some inventory about that. But, like, yeah, I, 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 when I came out as non-binary, I did it on TikTok. It was um, very cute. I was crying. And I was scared because I was just like, I'm about to lose everything. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was just like, if I don't come out, I will lose everything. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of put in this position by myself, by my own anxiety, where I was just like, well, I gotta just do it. So like a lot of my friends know I'd been interchangeably using they and she for a while. And then last summer I was very staunchly like, I only use they, them pronouns. I demand that you use those for me. And then over the last couple months like really it's been like more fluid and I've been like no I actually still do love all of the like woman-esque parts of me like the parts of a boat that are woman-esque mm -hmm. <laughs> I keep on going back to boats but like you know that was just hard for me that I made it hard on myself mm -hmm. and of course there are fucking again there are fucking creeps and assholes and and even like cis women in the dms that are just like your gender is fake that's a lie I don't get it because and because I don't get it that means it's not real like, yeah. um 
And it's so, it's just That's so selfish. That's such a dickhead move for well, people to do to other people. Do you, you see it affecting me? No. <laughs> no. It's not Which affecting me. Which is awesome. Yeah. We just talked about that too. Like, inner tough guy, keyboard tough guys. Yeah. Tough guys, tough girls, everybody. It's just like, whatever. I, I don't even read the comments. It's what it yeah. is. What it is. Yeah. I do because I'm a masochist. But like, I, I definitely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we had a guy that was bagging. This shirt, as a matter of fact, he goes, and that one fucking guy looks like he's wearing a tablecloth. And it's like... Yeah, I might be wearing a tablecloth, but I'm certainly sitting here talking to you with this this dude right now. So it's like, what what the fuck ever. One guy was like, "Nice mustache." I'm like, "Thanks, thanks." <laughs> yeah, what did he call? He called it something. Yeah, though. I have no idea. It was something. It was like I don't even funny. Want to, you I, know, but. Okay, I read them once, and I saw a couple of them, and I was just like, done. Yeah. Jason, yeah. deal with the comment. I'm not dealing with it. But how did you, because I, I, I believe that, I don't remember if we had, had all exchanged messages or you and Mike, because you were pretty, you were subjected to a lot of, and it's it's one of those really gross things that, you know, you were just a kid, here you are in the limelight, and now you're sub subjected to sexual advancements. If I remember one of them was as gross as, boy, I can't wait till she turns 18. It's like, oh, A, yeah. you sick pig, she wouldn't give you your t her time. And B, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, um, I was, yeah, so I was thrust into that like world of, you know, just being in the public eye. You know, I don't say before I was ready um, because obviously it happened when it happened and that was when it was supposed to happen. But when I, I wasn't ready for the shit storm of like the comment section, which I was like, please don't read those to me. And my mom was just like, this one says this. And I'm like, mm. we're talking um, about school of rock. People famously, yeah. I was in school of rock. I played Katie, the bassist, very cool, like quiet. Absolutely. You know, the only reason why I was so quiet in the movie and everyone's like, you didn't have that many lines. Like, why were you, you know, you're on screen a lot, but you didn't have that many lines. I was like, yeah, that's because I was terrified of saying things. Um, and I was like, just so terrified that I was going to mess up the movie that they kind of just built the character around that, that, that she was just kind of mysterious, which was you like props to Mike White for like yeah. seeing that and, and being like, you know what? Like this character doesn't need to say much because she's like the cool, like bassist and yeah. bassists generally don't say much. They're kind of just cool and they hang in the back. You play the cello, you turn it upside down. Cello, turn it on you have a bass. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you, you've heard that line. No, it's okay, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Like, <laughs> one, of my, one of my newer, like a friend that I've recently made because we worked on a movie together, like she said cello and like we were hanging out and she started over apologizing, so that's something she does. And she's like, I'm so sorry, oh my God, you, do, you have no idea. Like it's like before we met, like that was my favorite movie, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you don't have to, Apologize. Like, yeah. I got to be a part of the coolest thing in the world. I, you understand <laughs> that you, because it, yeah, it's a favorite movie, of course, but and you get that too. Yeah. So that's... It used to, oh, believe me, like, before I, you know, got sober and started working on myself and, and loving myself and spending, you know, a lot of time in therapy and, and doing a lot of writing about it and whatever, like, it, it, it went from being like me resenting it and being afraid that I had peaked at 10 to now where it's like, I'm gonna live. I'm gonna ride that out for the rest of my life. If that ends up being the like most like important or like big thing that I ever do on IMDb, like okay, fine. But like now, I, I mostly work on projects with my friends, which I love. Mm -hmm. And then I get to do. You know, I just did a Lifetime holiday movie that's coming out next month. Like, um, and and you know, I, I play a lesbian in it, which is very cool and like not common for Lifetime Christmas movies. Like, mm -hmm. and that's pretty iconic. And 
you know, I've, I've got projects lined up for 2022, which is very cool to say. Like, not a lot of actors get to say that. Um, but, like, yeah, no, I wasn't ready for the, the rampant, like, sexualization and the weird shit. Like, the, a guy showed up to my school and, like, nothing was done about it. The principal of the school was like, well, that's what happens when you exploit your kids for money and fame. Oh, God. And my parents were like, well, uh, we're taking you out of that school. Thank God that they took me out of that school. But, like... Um, yeah, now it's just like there's no really there's really no point for me to like snort those thoughts and mm-hmm. just like sit in the resentment and the shame of it all and the guilt and the like wishing it had gone a different way and the wishing I had gotten like more famous after School of Rock. I know that everything happened exactly when it was supposed to. I know the path is all written now. We're getting real Ram Dass here, like real Tosha Silver, but like, you know, everything is already kind of laid out and all I have to do is just like take it like one step at a time, one day at a time. So cliche and cheesy, but like, I know that like the universe and the spirit of the universe are just kind of like laying things out like one breadcrumb at a time for me to follow, kind of like Hansel and Gretel. And that, I don't have to really think about like what's 50 feet ahead. I can just like ask the universe to shine a little pin-sized light on my path and just follow that yeah. rather than obsessing about how it's going to go and how it's going to shape out. It's already planned. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's well, why like I can like relax and like, take it easy. Oh, I've definitely had to learn to, to let go and not go into that uh, control. Future tripping. Yeah. Really bad about that. I'm really bad about that. Or the, the, I should have been here so far, you know. Yeah, well, should is a lie. Yeah. Should doesn't matter, you know. Um, one of my, my best, best friends in recovery always says that. Like, anytime I, I say should, they'll be like, you're shooting all over yourself again. You're <laughs> like, it's so funny. Like, I'm like, you're right. And, and shoulds and woulds and coulds, it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, there is a reality in which you could do this, but you didn't do that. You did this other thing. And, yeah, it sucks that you did that. Or it sucks into you um there's nothing you can do to change what already happened like what are you gonna do now um the other night i was having like uh like trigger warning suicidal ideation yeah (laughs) my friend came over i i like then whenever i have those moments i have a friend that lives really close that i'll be like (laughs) come over bring cigarettes and um we'll chain smoke on my little balcony and like he was just like okay so instead of killing yourself which is what you want to do what are you gonna do instead i was like I guess I'm gonna call my contact, like, you know, do, you know, and, and just give myself a baby, tiny sized action to do that doesn't involve me hurting myself or somebody else. And just do that, and then do the next thing after that. Um, because I tend to, yeah, I tend to obsess about the future, things that haven't happened yet. And I also tend to stress about the past, things that already happened that I can't really go back and change. Um, but the only thing that really matters is like what I do right now. Yeah. Just like you said earlier, this is the this we're the only people having this conversation right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's suicidal ideation. I know that boy. It's been a long time since we've talked with someone that that, that yeah. does that because I've I don't think to the extremes of other people, but I've definitely had it. And and this gentleman we had on Frank King, the the mental health comedian, calls himself, and he's an <laughs> awesome guy. But he was very much the three scenario. You know, it was like the oh. My tire is flat on my car. I, I can fix a tire, I can buy a new car, or I can kill myself. And those are the only three options in the world that exist. And I yeah. suddenly realized, oh, I'm a three-person option. Uh, you know, I can go back to drinking, 
I, I can go to self, you know, I, I can ask for help or I can kill my, you know, and yeah. that's, so it's like, I, that voice has started Literally, to like silence the itself. two options is like, to, to like ask for help or to like die. Yeah. <laughs> go to the end, yeah. blot out the consciousness, go to the gates of insanity or death, die. Yeah. Or just be like, help. <laughs> Whether it's like asking like a person for help and being like, yo, Jason, help. Like, I don't know how to do life right now. Life got too lifey and I can't life right now. Um, or just like asking God, I keep on doing this for God, but it's like actually here, like it's, it's, it's deep within me where I ask that like kind of that, um, higher self that's maybe like 10, 15 steps ahead of my diseased and sick, fucked up in, uh, intentions and expectations. Just be like, okay, what would higher self do? What would future Riv do? Or what would, you know, the elevated goddess version of me do? Um, rather than, you know, uh, snorting the thoughts or snorting actual drugs. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't ask for some of the favorite stories from from set and the work that you've done. Mm. I mean, I know you're only ten, but come on, we all love it. it it's we all love Jackie it's, Blackie. It's a such a cool thing, and I, I would know. think, and I love that you have that perspective because it really is this cool thing. Who else did we talk to that had some? I think it was Gary Busey, right? That had you had some brought up some of his movies that have kind of had a life that they live on, and oh, you know, Busey and, for sure, yeah, yeah, and, you yeah. Know, and so you have this thing that is—it's cool. It's a stamp sure in time for you, but for others, it continues to be this. Yeah, and of, it's aged incredibly well. I've gotten to watch it a couple times since you know for the last over the last couple months, and it, it really does hold up. Um, and that's surprising considering like 2003 movies, a lot of them have not aged super well. My seven and 10 year old nephew knew exactly who you were. Once I told oh, them, they were just like, all, so oh, sweet. no way, that's sick. Tell her we love the movie. I was uh, like, I will let, I will let That's her. so sweet. Yeah. I love that. Um, no, I, I mean, it was the most fun I've ever had. Like, <laughs> um, uh, all of the laughter in the scenes where the kids are all laughing is genuine. They didn't say, and now you guys laugh. Like, it yeah. literally just happened because Jack is so funny. And they gave him a lot of room for improv, and they let us know that. Like, up at early on, they were like, hey, just so you guys know, like, this line that's on the page, it might be a little different. Like, and don't worry about it. If he, like, goes off and, like, doesn't give you the exact thing, your line's going to stay the same. Just say your line, and we'll fix it in post. Good <laughs> <laughs> old fix it in post. Classic, and and like it ended up being so good, and like you, you get to see all of these like genuine joy reactions from us and from from everyone in it. And um, one of my favorite moments. This wasn't on set, but it was when we were in Toronto for the um, Toronto Film Festival, premiering the movie. Um, it was like really our first time spending a lot of time with Sarah Silverman because uh, mm. she wasn't really in any of the scenes right. with us and she was just like um, messing with us, like which we loved. And she she like definitely like came up to um, two of the boys that were in the film and she was like, who's the prettiest girl in School of Rock? Like, <laughs> like looked at them and they were like, oh, you, of course, Sarah. And she was just like, say leaps and bounds above the rest. Oh yeah, leaps and bounds above the rest, and she's just like, "Thank you." And then she like looked over at me and Miranda Cosgrove, like ten year old, like <laughs> us, and she was just like, "And don't you forget it." <laughs> and then she like walked out of the room, and I was just like, "Sarah Silverman just like talked to me." <laughs> it was crazy because <laughs> I I was such a fan of hers before, right. like stand up wise, and I just always thought she was so 
fucking funny and, and exactly the kind of girl that I am, like that kind of, you know, not afraid to talk about diarrhea and right. like the Holocaust. Um. Like, yeah, like, we, like we've got to throw away, the, that's, that's one of the things is that, you know, I'm starting to learn a lot more about love and loving another person and most of all being loved. It's like, these are all human functions, every single one of us, you know. Everybody we're has. All, what was it, Dane Cook? We're all going to lie, we're all going to cry, and we're all going to shit our pants. Every know? once in a while, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not anymore. Not, not since I got sober. But, <laughs> right? yeah. 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 But it's still keep in contact, right? You, we do, you yeah. We have a group text. I've seen that. I saw that on your social media. I was like, that's awesome. I love that. Good yeah. for, that's so cool. Yeah, we're, we're doing a little reunion in um, a couple weeks. I'm going to be out in New York, and like a majority of the kids... Uh, from the movie live on the east coast so we're gonna have a little get together um you know one of our cast members just died so like we uh had a lot of um you know heal like not healing but like you know collective grief around that and like we we got to you know, just meet Who up on Zoom. Oh, Kevin Clark, he played the drummer. Zach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh, Freddie, right. yeah, Freddie. Freddie, Freddie, sorry. Yeah, sorry Zach to break the news. Um, no, I did read that, that's Yeah, why. and and we had like a, um, we had like a Zoom, you know, after that happened to just like talk and be with each other. Um, for my podcast, I did like a memorial tribute to him because it's fucking wild, like two days before he was um, killed in a bike accident, that's yeah. how it happened. Um, we were talking like about him coming on my podcast to to do like our little like where are we now moment mm-hmm. and then it happened and I was just like well fuck that sucks and like it, it's fucked up how how out of nowhere it was and I just never um I never experienced grief that heavy in sobriety it was really fucking hard all of my spiritual routines went out the door haven't really come back ever since. I mean, that was in like late May and I've had a really rough couple months like just dealing with that. Um, but like luckily I have a lot of friends in recovery who check in on me and I do think, I do really believe in that like check in on your strong friend thing because like I do tend to put out there on the digital hologram that I'm like, strong ass riv and like, you know, fuck the haters and, and I love myself. Um, but yeah, I think it's important that we check in on our friends who who do put that out there because sometimes they're going a little crazy on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, but the, the, the school of rock has the kids specifically. We love each other so so much, and and it's like family. It is like yeah. family vibes. Even like the moms uh, are still in touch with each other, which oh, is really cool. sweet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was such a beautiful experience there there continue to be beautiful experiences because of school of rock with the people that were in it like you know one of my i mean one of my closest friends from the movie is also in recovery um not going to say their name obviously <laughs> like to, to protect the anonymity and everything but like we'll get on the phone and talk about it sometimes like yeah. because it's like a very specific thing again not a single unique experience has happened there are 14 other kids that were in school of rock so they know what it was like to go back to school after that and they know what it's like to maybe have that feeling of like oh have i peaked and that and that's it like this is the only cool thing i'll have to show for my life um and it's just such a beautiful goosebumps uh like just a beautiful crew of people 
Um, even some of like onset tutors were like Facebook friends. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't really be using Facebook for much other than like the marketplace because sometimes they have like cute plants on there that I like, let me buy that plant. Um, but I need a new ficus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give me a new like fiddle leaf fern. Um, but yeah, it, it was just like this beautiful, beautiful family experience. And I'm just very grateful that my first experience on set was so warm and so loving because now every time I'm on a film set, if something starts to go wrong, I just go, that's like kind of my North Star. It's like my happy place where I'm just yeah. like, oh, remember the little song that you guys used to sing at the end of the day? Like, you know, um, or you remember in class, like all of the little like stupid bullshit thing. Like I was a menace in class because leading up to School of Rock, I was like very type A and had to get all A's and everything. And then when you're working on a movie, you're like, oh, I don't give a fuck about school. I'm working on a fucking movie right now. Right. So, like, me and Joey and Kevin, who played um, Zach and uh, Freddie, respectively, we'd all, like, just, like, be, like, watching for each other. And then we'd suddenly just, I don't know, we'd be, like, <laughs> like in <laughs> class and, like, get separated from each other. And, like, I just, like, go back to that memory constantly. Um, anytime I'm having, like, a moment on set of, like, anxiety or whatever, which is often... Um, just wrapped a movie like a couple months ago where the whole time on set I was obsessed with my body and obsessed with food. I also struggle from eating disorders. Um, you know, you name it, I got it. There's this 12-step program for it. I'm probably a member <laughs> or like a uh, should-be member. It's kind of like um, the scenes in Fight Club where it's like, yeah. this is my group. You don't get to come to this group. <laughs> right, right. It's like, I, yeah, It's the only thing I haven't tried is gambling. And I feel like if I was into gambling, I would probably be very addicted to it and it would probably ruin my life. Uh, uh, I can't yeah. do anything without it getting to a disgusting level. Um, but when I was on set for this last thing that I shot, like I was eating just grapefruit. Just grapefruit. Like, probably not the best thing to do for your stomach. Probably not the best thing to do for your soul. Um, and, and your poor blood sugar. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, coffee, too. But, like, <laughs> cigarettes occasionally. Um, and one of my co-stars, like, noticed that and was just like, hey, are you good? And I was just like, no, not really. And she was like, why don't we grab a burger? And I was just like, fucking fine. And then it, like, kind of brought me back to that moment of, like, hey, like, on set, we're a family. <laughs> you know, that's so cheesy and not every set feels like a family. But that's the cool thing about film is that you like pick up like friends along the way and you know, some stay in your life, some don't. But it's just it's 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 very it's very sweet. I, I love having been a part of School of Rock. I love having been a part of you know, easy season two, episode seven, you know, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I just love working in film so much. And I'm, I'm grateful that my first experience and it was like the coolest movie ever. <laughs> Thanks. We appreciate you sharing about that. That's really awesome. I think it's about that time though. We have uh, some fun, random questions. This is all for shits and giggles. Love a shit and gig. Right. Mikey, you're up. Um, if you were on a deserted island, and you had to take one movie and one album, what would they be? The one movie would be Devil Wears Prada. It's my favorite movie. Oh. I love Meryl. Uh, I, love I just movie. love her like subtleties and all of her nuance. And then that like moment at the end of hubris that she has. Oh, love it. Dig it. My favorite line in the entire movie is, did someone eat an onion bagel? Uh, <laughs> Stanley Tucci, every rock star performances by all, um, and I could literally watch that movie every day. I would never get sick of it. Um, and album, fuck, that's a 
That's so hard. I hate it. It would have to be a compilation album. Is that cheating? No. No, you're good. I think I would have to make it myself. Leo, control freak. I was, damn it. Literally. I was waiting for you to answer so I could say, you're such a Leo. Like, uh, I was I waiting Sorry. for that and you t it's okay. a couple steps ahead. You, you, um, you are, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. you do covers, then what would be the some of the songs you would want to cover? Um, there would have to be some Erykah Badu on there. I'm obsessed with Lil Nas X right now. The song, That's What I Want, would definitely be on that album. The thing is, with music, I get so, like, I, I get, I simultaneously have very, like, stable taste in music, where it's, like, a lot of neo-soul, like Erykah Badu and... and you know, Outkast and uh, uh, Robert Glasper and like all of that. But then every once in a while, a new pop artist comes out of nowhere and mm. absolutely just has a chokehold on me like Lil Nas X does right now. Um, so like right now, if I was stranded on the island, it would be, yeah, definitely that specific song. That's what I want by Lil Nas X. Um, I'd have to have Green Eyes by Erica Badu. I need a little Janis Joplin in there. Definitely need some Prince. Um, definitely need uh, some Childish Gambino. Speaking my language. Yeah, yeah. I saw Prince almost 30 times. Oh, I'm so jealous. I never got to see him except for watching the Super Bowl that one time. Yeah, that was, that <laughs> I saw him was outside the... a Geisha house in Whoa. Hollywood. That was it. That's the only time Just hanging? No, he was walking because all the celebrities would go through the kitchen and they'd mm. go through the back to get into places. And I was out bad smoking a cigarette and there was just a swarm of security and they were like pushing, like not me, but like just everyone back. So I kind of get back and I see this little fella dressed in purple just walking by with just hands in his pockets and yes. just walking like this. And I was like, who, who is that? And they're like, that's Prince. And I was just like, oh, right on. I didn't think anything of it because, you know. We saw him all the time. Not him, but just bigger names. So, and I never was really a Prince fan. Sorry, sorry. Um, when it I know. Comes to, I know. When it comes to art, like we had, we used to work with a dude that was also a big Prince fan, but he would bust his balls, and I'm like, dude, Mikey, like for me, my life led me to Prince music. You know, I was born in '78, so here I am seeing 1990. I think that's the first album I bought with my own money was 1999. Mm. If I remember, I'd have to ask Appetite for Destruction. Mine was Crazy Sexy Cool by TLC. Um, Would also yeah. be on the album, I think, the compilation that I made. TLC, yeah, TLC was dope. Uh, favorite curse word? Mmm, that's a tie between bitch and fuck, because I love it to know bitch. Or like, ugh, I'm such a bitch. Um, but then like, fuck is, is very, um, they're, they're, you can elongate it, you can just say it really fast, you know, fuck. Or you know, <laughs> fuck! Like, it, it's, it's got so much range. The right. range, it's the Meryl Streep of curse words. <laughs> oh, that's, good. that's good. I like that. I like we that gotta put that one out to the whole world. It's the Meryl Streep of curse words. If they were to make a movie about you, who would you cast to play you? I can't play myself. Yeah. No. You have to okay. pick an actress. Um, Olivia Rodrigo. Okay. Oh. She's got that angst. She's half Filipino too. I think she'd be. I think she'd do a pretty good job, and, and it would be like. I feel like it would be like a stretch for her. Yeah. It'd be a challenge. That's a. Good Why one. not? Give it to the girl. Give it to the. <laughs> give it to her. Give her now. a shot. Oh uh, God! I almost want to go uh, the um, inside the actor's studio question. Here. Okay, come on, James Lipston. <laughs> if when you uh, if God is real and when you reach the pearly gates, what do you hope he would say to you? Ooh. I can't do James. I can do probably the Will Ferrell that James. That was pretty method. good. Um, if, okay, so if God is real um, and I get to the pearly gates of, I assume, the underworld, um, 
God says, welcome back. That's cool. Yeah. I love your perspective on that. You're cool as shit. You're I got a, a beautiful deeper question. Person. Oh, God. If you had to fight, <laughs> if you had to fight, which one would you choose? Would you rather fight a chicken? No. The you fucking let me talk, you fucking Leo. Would you rather fight one horse-sized chicken or ten chicken-sized horses? I want. I, I think I would have a really fun time fighting the ten chicken-sized horses. Yeah. Like kind of like um whack-a-moleing them with my feet. Um. Yeah. Whack-a-moleing with your feet. Yeah. Punk just like the little fuckers. Yeah. Because you know a beak <laughs> the size. Taste my jaw. But if they get you on the ground, if they get you on the ground, you're fucked. So that's why. If they get you because they're strong, it's a horse, but it's just the size of a chicken. Chickens but are kind of little, and I've had giant feet. Here's here's the point that I've never brought Can up I though. Them with a gun? No, 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 no. Just oh. just these hands. hands just these feet? hands. But they, if, no feet. Yeah, you feet. Yeah. Okay. Even yeah, if course. they get you down, no opposable thumbs. True. Who? So, no, none of them. The, the horses. They just got the fucking yeah, hooks. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm just like kind of grossed out and terrified of chickens like so the, the horse-sized chicken of it all like i mean horses are big horses are big so I, there has been people that would rather fight the horse-sized chicken and i'm like fuck that one peck and you're screwed you're fucked, you're fucked dude i'm terrified of getting pecked in and back. you cut its head off it could still run around for a while ah, no that's <laughs> fucked really no i don't even want to think about that they ain't gonna do any damage when it runs around from personal experience well yeah but it's still me. scary a fucking picture a horse with its yeah. head off running around in circles it's terrifying a good point You're, that is a big Rivka's uncomfortable changes next question Sorry, no Rivka. we're we're going right now to Rivka's words of inspiration if, if, if anything from your life experience things you're going through because you know you've been, thank you so much for your vulnerability and honesty and and, and just you know throwing it out there mm -hmm. um, but if there's anything from all of it that you could share and kind of put in a nice little here's a nut for you from my experience what would you might win advice wise I, this is so, so cheesy, but like, you are enough. Like, and also don't quit before the miracle happens. I feel like I see a lot of people who like, think they've got it all figured out after a certain amount of time, like working on themselves and in recovery, like whether in, you know, a formal like setting or not, like, and they get to a certain place with it where they're just like, oh, this is good, I'm content. But like, do you want to be content? Do you want a silver cup or do you want a gold cup? Mm. Go for the gold. You're worth it. I thank you. This is cool as shit. All right? Yeah. Thank you, Rivka. Thank you for having me. That was awesome. Yay. Rivka Ray is cool as shit. What a fun talk. Yeah, she was fun, man. She Easy was, to talk to. She was cool people. She would be one of those definitely like go back to LA. Hey, what are you doing? You know, grab a bite to eat, which we uh, stay in contact with as many people as we can. Of course, everybody's busy, but uh, really appreciate her time. And uh, she she was good for my self-esteem because we did have some technical issues just prior to recording. And, and she's like, dude, totally cool. People pleaser, cut it out. And I was like, all right. I know, you apologize like 20 times to her. Yeah, you get my vibe. <laughs> well, I hate wasting people's time, you know, so... It was uh, it was cool. I got a lot out of that one. So definitely make sure that you guys uh, hit the uh, links for her in the podcast description. Check her out. Give her a follow. She's uh, she's cool people. But uh, yeah, we got some exciting stuff headed your way. Like we said, uh, we got Kat Von D next week. 
Uh, she welcomed Mikey and myself into her home. Uh, not only is she just an awesome person, uh, her husband, um, Lafar uh, Sayer, Course of Prayers, a band I'm a fan of. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more after the interview about our experience with them. And coming your way before the end of the month, UFC legend, Hall of Famer, Chuck Liddell. The Iceman. And uh, he was cool as shit as well. So we're looking forward to sharing those conversations with you guys. Don't and forget terrifying. to. Uh, and terrifying. And don't forget to subscribe to Knocking Doors Down on whatever pa- uh, podcast platform you're listening on. Of course, Spotify, Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast. We are everywhere. So make sure uh hit that subscribe button and it's easy to share with a friend. Or if you're more of a visual person like myself, check it out on YouTube. Knocking Doors Down, the autobiography by Carlos Vieira. The sale of this book, 100% of all proceeds go directly back to the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug-Free program that's keeping kids in after-school activities, off the streets, away from gangs, and these programs are free to kids in our local community. And it's just a great read. It reads like a movie. It is inspirational. It's insightful. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of different stuff in there that it's like, holy shit. So, hey, pick it up. Great read. Something that uh, I've referred back to kind of when I have some of those moments. Maybe I couldn't make a meeting or something. Reminds me, hey, other people have been through these thoughts, feelings, and and things themselves. So, very cool book. And, of course, you can pick that up uh, by uh, clicking that link in the podcast description. And it's also available on Amazon by searching Knocking Doors Down in the books section. Uncle Mikey. What? Anything else, brother? No, I'm going home. On that note, keep knocking doors down. Strengthening communities, providing resources, building awareness, empowering youth in need to overcome adversity and achieve success. This is what the Carlos Vieira Foundation is all about. Through our campaigns, the race for autism, race to end the stigma, and race to be drug free, we're able to help so many in need. Our goal is to provide support to families and children and give these families opportunities that might not normally arise. Learn more and find out how you can get involved. Visit carlosvierafoundation.org today. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the Knocking Doors Down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate we welcome any comments suggestions or correction of errors privacy is of the utmost importance to us for those wishing anonymity people places and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests this website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony no guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website in no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with their content, establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.